Louis Pasteur once said, chance favors the prepared mind. When you prepare, there is a better chance of a favorable outcome. Welcome to Canine Educators to Save a Life. Learn how to save the life of your dog in an emergency. And this is your host and author of Canine Medic, Eric O.D. Roth. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody is doing well today. I have a special guest on the podcast here today, Little Miss Abby Davis. Hi, Abby. Hi. <laughs> one thing I have to tell all the listeners, and uh, when I first met Abby, it was one of at our, the in-person canine first aid and CPR classes. And right after the CPR section, I see Abby kind of looking down at her hands and I'm like, right, uh, what are you doing? And she's like, I got a blister. I'm like, what? Um, so yeah, this gal just gave everything she had. She was trying to do everything she could to bring my, um, CPR mannequin back to life. So Abby, I appreciate all of your effort that you put forth that day. Unfortunately, that dog did not come back to life, but, uh, it it wasn't because of your lack of effort. Let us know kind of what you do on a daily basis. And I have some loaded questions here that I'm going to fire at you and, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. So yeah, just tell the listeners a little bit about you and uh, where you work, what you do and all that good stuff. Uh, well, obviously my name is Abby um, and I've uh, I've been working at the Bergen Bark Inn for probably almost three years now and I've been grooming for probably a little bit over a year. So I'm, you know, it's always a learning curve. If, I'm constantly learning and uh as experienced groomers also do if you know we had a we had a groomer who who had been doing her job for 10 years and she still had stuff to learn so kind of like being a paramedic it, it never ends as far as that goes so um yeah. interesting like story so you didn't like wake up and just say you know I want to be a groomer right you kind of have no. a little you have a different path no uh I I always wanted to go into a trade, um, so I I had been working office, and then I moved up to working daycare and kennel work and everything. And one day, my manager's boss was there checking the place out, and he asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I said, "Well, I don't know. I uh, I want to go to trade school." And he he told me grooming was a trade, and I said, "You know, maybe I'll think about it." And I, I didn't really put much thought into it and they kept bringing it up. And I, I finally kind of caved and said, you know what? I don't really know what to do with my life. So I'll, you know, I'll try it out. It's, I figured I would become a groomer and I went to school and, uh, here I am now. How long does that, uh, schooling process take? Well, it's different for a lot of people. I did the school through, uh, NVA. And NVA sent me for six weeks, and I still had a lot to learn afterwards. Um, it was it was a great course by all by all means, but uh, you know it's you know everybody's different. Yeah, it's like one thing I have to admit to everybody. I don't know if I should say this publicly or not, but I I have a huge appreciation for groomers. And the reason why during COVID times, you know, Hank, my Labradoodle, he's about 55, 60 pounds. And his, his fur didn't, didn't care that it was COVID times. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously trying to find a groomer, 
you know, during that time was near impossible. So yeah, what do you think I did? It's like, well, let's just go to YouTube University. It can't be that hard to groom. So popped on Amazon, picked up some nice pair of clippers and some scissors. And you know, three days later, it, I, I locked Hank in a room. And <laughs> I knew you'd laugh at me during this part. But so here I am, and you can just imagine this. Um, I had so much energy and excitement to do this. And I'm going to spend time with my dog and bond with him. And he looks like Shaggy DA at this stage. Well, probably two, maybe two and a half hours later, things just aren't working out like they did in the videos. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I kind of took a pause and I stepped back and I looked at Hank and I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? And I think I had like a third of him done at that time. And so from that point on, you know, I I run into a lot of groomers in my classes and whatnot, and I never had the appreciation that I do now until you have tried that yourself. So, um, so yeah, so I'm very thankful that there are people like you that have these skills and abilities (laughs) to take care of my pup. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to learn. And I, I appreciate that you tried because a lot of people get kind of upset, uh, you know, by it taking a long time. With time, it, it, I've got I've gained more experience and I've gotten quicker about it. But when I first started, I got into a lot of trouble for taking too long to do my dogs. So I'm really glad that you had some firsthand experience trying to do that. Oh yeah, it it was brutal. I'll I'll never do it again. <laughs> so, um, but you know, one thing I noticed, like with Hank, it, it just kind of trying to hold him in the right position and stuff. So, how do you ensure that pets aren't injured? You know, when you have these scissors and trimmers and stuff coming at them. Well, every animal is different. Uh, some dogs will just stand there and let you do whatever you want. Um, some dogs will thrash the entire way through. And sometimes you have to call it. Sometimes you have to say, I can't safely groom this dog. Personally, in my salon, I have a grooming loop that I attach to a table. And I have a a special table where the bar goes all the way across. And uh, I like to use this thing called a belly strap on most of my dogs. And it ensures that they have a much harder time jumping off of the table and hurting themselves or even strangling themselves. When they're in the bath, you get a good feel for their temperament. And, you know, accidents do happen. I, it always hurts a lot when you hurt an animal. I've never badly hurt an animal, but small nicks and everything do happen. You just have to, you just have to kind of play it by ear and watch, watch the dog or cat and try your very best. You know, like you said, all animals are different, and some of them probably just sit there like, "Oh, this is great! It's a day at the spa." Um, yeah. How, how do you handle pets that are anxious or afraid? When I know that the animal is anxious or afraid, or if it's their first time being with me, or if I know it's their first time ever having a groom, I clear the space and I make sure it's a safe environment for the dog to explore. And I let them look around and see everything and realize it's not it's not so scary. And, you know, we do, uh, quote unquote, like an intro to puppy groom where we, you know, we give them a bath and we introduce them to the sounds and the vibrations and 
kind of get in their space and move things around in front of their eyeballs and things like that. Sometimes the dog is going to, they're just going to be afraid no matter what. But um, I, you know, there's, I do a lot of stuff to try to, you know, get them to be as comfortable as possible, which is why sometimes it takes a really long time. A lot of groomers, not all groomers, but a lot of groomers kind of rush their way through haircuts. So um, I might have a new dog who came from, you know, another salon previously and the parents weren't happy with the results or the dog wasn't doing so well with that past groomer. And uh, I kind of have to undo some of that. I wouldn't call it trauma, but just like stress that that past groomer, you know, put on that dog. And sometimes it takes multiple sessions. We offer at the Bergen Bark Inn like a two-day groom if it's taking too long. Or maybe I'll do the bath in the beginning of the day and I let the dog go play and relax for a little bit. And then at the end of the day, do the haircut just to, you know, some dogs, the bath is what's scary and uh, the haircut isn't so much. So I just had Hank groomed here a little while back and... Would you advise me, like, for some reason in my head, I'm like, oh, I need, I, I'm going to comb him tonight. I'm going to, you know, brush him really good. Is that is that a benefit to you when I bring you, Hank, you know, somewhat brushed rather than all matted up? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it really conditions your dog also to uh, being touched constantly to the brushing and it takes much less time for me to groom them because I'm not working through tangles. And then, you know, I'm not giving your dog back naked because I shaved out a bunch of mats and weird spots and stuff like that. Um, I try to be very uh, transparent with parents about situations like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's not much we can do. But, um, yes, brush brush with a brush and not with a spoon. Hmm. I think it kind of goes back to like, like even in our canine first aid CPR class, you know, we talk about the, the importance of muzzling. Don't wait until there's an injury and then you decide to put a muzzle on. I'm an advocate, get your dog used to that muzzle. And I guess kind of the same applies, get them used to, you know, maybe the sound of the razors or getting your fingers in between the pads and around the mouth and the, the, you know, lifting the lips and messing with the ears and stuff just to get them accustomed to that. So I could totally see how that would be of your benefit. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, maybe I just have groomer's trauma from that one time with Hank. <laughs> um, so like, are there dogs that are like trying to like, I don't want to say eat the table, but uh, you know, I'm sure you have some, you know, probably pretty angry dogs. How do you ensure your safety, you know, that you're not getting scratched or bit? Um, I'm not afraid to ask for help. Uh, you know, a lot of times I have a dog who is completely terrified to have their feet touched or, you know, a lot of poodles have really sensitive front feet, stuff like that, or they hate the dryer. Um, you know, you just have to look for the behavioral signs and make sure that, uh, you're at a safe distance from the animal if you feel like they're going to snap. I've only ever been bitten once during a nail trim and he got me right in the armpit And that really sucked. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes five people to hold your 30-pound dog so that you can get a nail trim in. Or, uh, you know, sometimes sedatives work, if nothing else. 
freak accidents do happen, but I do, I, you know, I, I just try to really watch and make sure I would rather cut myself than hurt the animal. I'd rather me be hurt than them. So you say sedatives, is that something that the pet owner could talk to their veterinarian about, or is that something that you have? I would, I would talk to your vet about it. Some, you know, nothing too crazy. Some dogs, you know, they'll come in and they'll have like a trazodone that you give them right before, or um, maybe just some CBD, nothing too intense. I know some animals just regularly, they need to take Prozac. It's not it's not anything to be ashamed of, but uh, you know, we we have to we have to work with them to keep them comfortable so that we the more you groom them, the more comfortable they'll be, especially if you take them to the same groomer repeatedly. That way they know that I'm not scary. I'm not I'm not going to hurt them, you know. Abby, I know you said you've only been doing this for a little while. You're spot on. This is probably a, a learning journey for years and years to come. When did you feel comfortable going in and saying, okay, I got this? That's kind of a hard question to answer. I was always a little apprehensive about grooming. And I think it took the other groomer actually uh, left our salon. And uh, and I just kind of got thrown into it, just grooming by myself in general. Probably about a week or two after she left is when I started really getting comfortable. You kind of got thrown right into it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary. And, you know, sometimes it is, it's really scary when I have a new breed come in or a parent brings in a, a dog and they want a special show cut. And then I, I have to pull out my book and I flip through 9,000 pages and I, and I take a lot of extra time doing that dog. And it's really, yeah, it's sometimes it's, it can be really scary, but, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta put your big girl pants on and do it anyway. <laughs> I'm so glad that I didn't see the show cuts before I decided to go for Hank. So I'd, I'd <laughs> still be, I'd still be in that room. <laughs> um, so that's good. I'm, I'm a big believer success comes with education, you know, the training and the skills. And lastly, the attitude, just from knowing you a short time, I think your attitude probably carries a lot of weight um, pretty much in anything you do. Yeah, and it, it actually keeps the animals calmer too. If they can sense that I'm calm or I'm being stern and that makes that helps them behave in most case, most cases, uh, they, they can feel my calmness and feel that they, they themselves can also be calm. You know, what's odd is it's very similar to my, my crew at the firehouse. <laughs> if we're on a serious call, the paramedic really sets the tone. So if they are anxious and excited, that's going to you know spill off over onto the crew as well. And then on the other side, if there's that kind of that calm confidence and you know, that definitely spills over as well. Yeah, I definitely saw a few times in school where, uh, the other groomers in the you know facility, they would get angry with the dog and that would just make them more reactive. It takes a lot of patience. Yeah, that's good. So what would you say to someone who's listening to this going, man, you know, I think I'd like that. I think I'd, I want to give grooming a shout. What would you say to them? Um, I would probably, I would say two things. Um, I would tell them prepare for it to get really nasty. Grooming involves a lot of stool, a lot of bodily fluids, just urine, sometimes anal glands. 
and would vomit. It can get really gross. And I would tell them to, you know, sometimes it can be really sad. You can get, you can get a dog on your table and they've been walking on their nails, totally curved around, almost in a crescent. And, uh, you know, you just have, I try to imagine that that parent just picked that dog up from the street a week ago and they're trying to get that dog into good shape. It's not always that case, but, um, you know, try to push education with parents like that. Try not to get frustrated with them. I know there's a stereotype about groomers. A lot of groomers can kind of be nasty people. Um, so I would be weary about that. Um, so yeah, I would just say try to have tough skin and, um, you know, have a lot of patience too and kindness in your heart. Huh. It sounds like you're going for a paramedic interview. Um, <laughs> honestly, is it's amazing on how parallel, yeah, our patients are. Pretty much all things covered. Uh, so yeah. So, what would you say to any pet parent? You know, what what do you want them to know? Speaking from a groomer, is there anything that you want the pet parent to know? Please, if your dog, uh, especially if they have long hair, please brush your dog, and if. If you're curious about techniques, I'm sure your groomer will always be very happy to show you. And I would I, I would say continue trying to condition your dog at home if they're difficult at all. Maybe if you have an electric toothbrush that vibrates, kind of rub that over your dog. Or if you have a pair of clippers, remove the blade and kind of run that over your dog. Maybe play with their feet and maybe... Obviously not anything sharp, but maybe put some stuff near their eyeballs so they're used to stuff being around in their face and moving around. And But mostly, please brush your dog. Okay, point taken. Well, good. I, <laughs> I, pass, I passed the last test. I, li- I like that. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about from being on the other end is um, figuring out how much to tip my groomer. Is there a customary tip amount or is there a tip that like really makes you say, wow, kind of, I don't want to say, re- you know, rejuvenate you for the next day. Just talk about tips and kind of what you would like to see as a groomer, you know, with all this hard work you're putting in. Um, you know, I, I get excited just when I get tipped. Some people don't tip at all, but uh, it's it's always really nice when uh you know when you do get tipped. A lot of people do. Um, I would say that's a hard question. Uh, like I don't, I don't want to say it. it's like going out to eat a hamburger and fries. And is it is it twenty percent customary? Twenty percent is pretty customary. I would say I don't really pay too close attention to that sort of stuff because. Uh, you know, I don't want to get my feelings hurt, but, uh, um, I really, you know, I don't like to be, you know, that I don't want to be that person to say, you know, please give me money. But, uh, I would, I would say the best tip I've ever gotten was a 50% tip. I would say. Wow. That's awesome. That's good. You've been listening to canine educators to save a life. To take one of our canine first aid and CPR classes online, go to canineeducators.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, educators.com. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose.